Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. If you're watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, or if it's just been a few moments ago that you've been a subscriber, I want to say thank you so much for that subscribe button and, and trusting what God is entrusting in me. Like I always say, I hope it continues to be treasure to you. But for those who've been listening on the podcast, thank you all so much for listening. We have a lot of people that listen. There's a lot of people that watch. Well, as everyone is coming in, let me let you guys know about some new things I got on, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings a book that I just released about a week and a half ago, a book that really helps you process your feelings and to get you back to fulfilling your roles and purpose in life. Each and every one of us have a role in life to fill, and sometimes our feelings keeps us from filling um, those roles. So that book's available now on Amazon. Also check out The Wholeness Journal, a great book of research to help you process your wholeness and to help you hold the important things of life. Both books come with card games, or so separately, but you know what I mean. Um, card games that uh, benefit that, uh, what else? I got a book on singleness, book on dating, a book on soul ties and strongholds, book on discernment, children's book, as well as a book on spiritual warfare, as well as merch. Let's see who's all in the building right now. Let's see who we got here. We got Jay Jackson from New Jersey. Thank you so much for watching. Shariah says, how does God transition you out of a season of wilderness? Well, um, the, each wilderness have a certain set of tests to prove to you to be your best, right? And so oftentimes the wilderness season has a reason. You have to understand that every wilderness season has a reason. There's a reason for that season. Look at Jesus. Jesus was about his father's business since 12 years old. For 18 years, we don't know what was unfolding in Jesus' life. All we know, he's popped up back at 30. Right when he popped up back 30, he had to humble himself before John the Baptist to be baptized. At the moment of baptism, the father spoke from heaven as the dove was descending like a, like, as the Holy Spirit was descending like a dove on Jesus, confirming that this is his son in whom he is well pleased. Mark then begins to say that immediately Jesus was drove in the wilderness. Oftentimes in our lives, there's a moment of confirm, confirmation from God, a moment of a moment of declaration by God in which you find your purpose, find your vision, and you feel yourself going in the right direction. It happened for me at 19. 19 when I was in a dorm room at Oral Roberts University, um, the Holy Spirit hit me so hard in my room, I fell on my feet, I mean, fell on my face and began to weep as I watched students go to class. Probably should have been there too, but I had a good session with the Holy Spirit there, so I guess I was in class. But it was from that 19, but after about a year or so after that, I was drove back into Charlotte and I had to go through a season of pruning, right? So you have to ask yourself, what is the reason for this wilderness season? There's always a reason for it. What are the things that God needs to prune out of you, right? You got to look yourself in the mirror and say, is there anything still in me that the next season don't want from me? Is there anything still in me that the next season don't want to see in me? Right. And so how do you know God is about to transfer you out of a season of wilderness? When you begin to see yourself more content in him, when his joy is your strength, when you begin to see yourself correctly, when you know that you are God's beloved, which produces boldness, when you begin to be ready to do ministry with the right heart or to live or to do or ready for next season to do it with the right heart. Those are some quick things on top of the dome that I think will help you um, as you uh, exit this wilderness season. But there's a reason for it. Jesus was tested three times. Right. And so there are certain tests you have to go through to prove that you're ready for the next level. Lilo, what's going on? Hope you well. Jay Jack says, question. Hi, I'm a Christian woman was approached by a guy. He asked me to take his number and give him a call. 
Can you explain this type of mindset? First time approach this way. Just curious to know. Uh, let's see if you have anything else. <clears throat> Can we read again? Hi, I'm a Christian woman. Was approached by a guy and he asked me to take his number and give him a call. Can you explain this type of mindset? First time approach this way. Just curious to know. Well, uh, listen, you have to uh, first ask yourself, what season are you currently in? Are you ready to entertain anybody? And, and but that's before we even address this guy. Are you are you even ready for for uh, uh, mingling? You know, you're not ready to mingle if you're not content being single. All right. So there's no need to mingle if you don't find contentment in your singleness and find joy in God in your singleness. Right. And so if a guy asks you for his number, whatever, it don't mean you call him. First off, why are you why is he asking you to call him? That's a red flag off gates. He's asking you first. He approached you. Ask you to take his number, ask you to give him a call. That mindset is a weak mindset. A man is a pursuer. A man doesn't just come to a deer and be like, all right, follow me back to the shed. No, the 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 the, the uh, hunter shoots his shot and drags, I'm joking, and brings the prey back home. I'm just joking. That's probably a little bit too more um, too uh, dramatic. But you know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't call him. He, he already is giving the impression that he wants you to pursue him. He's already giving you the pressure that you meet him halfway. There's not, nothing about meeting a man halfway. What I mean by halfway is if he's going to pursue you, he has to pursue you thoroughly. So that mindset is not something that I, I would advise my daughters or, or friends to, to, to accept. And so uh, if you approach that way, that's the wrong way. A man will say, hey, can, is it OK if I have your number? Can I call you? But if he wants you to call him, that's a red flag, my friend. Hey, Belly. Hope you well. Oh, Bell, I'm sorry. Devotion with DeMarcus says, my brother, always enjoy your vids and live. Shout out from Louisiana. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate your support, man, and love here with your comment, bro. I really appreciate that. Thank you for watching from Louisiana. Shariah Reynolds says, what is a biblical way to address mental health? What the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Most people's mental health is a direct reflection of their mind being set on other idols or set on things that are, that are not above, right? And so the Bible says that it's alluding to in that verse that everyone's minds are heading in one direction. Either your mind is being conformed into the image of the world or is being transformed into the image of Christ. Either way, your mind is tracking in a particular direction. So the biblical way to uh, address mental health is to ask yourself, what is wrong with you mentally? What has your mind been set on? When was the last time that you allowed your mind to be reset to default settings, default, the rock, the Jesus, those type of settings? And you go into God's word and begin to address those particular areas. See, if you try to address the symptom, which is called mental health, and never deal with the root issue spiritually, emotionally, etc., then you will never find mental health. You are a holistic individual. You just can't address one facet of yourself. If there's a mental issue, chances are it could be a physical, emotional, uh, spiritual issue as well. So your mental health is connected to your emotional health. Your mental health is connected to your social health. Your mental health is connected to your financial health. Your mental health is connected to your spiritual health. Your mental health is co connected to your uh, e uh, emotional health. So you got to assess how are you emotionally? How are you spiritually? How are you socially? How are you relationally? I think that goes with socially, right? How are you financially? There's a lot of things that you got to ask yourself that could contribute to your mental health. But un up under all those different things is due uh, um, to to the to a form that you're going towards. Either you're conforming or transforming. But what form do you want your mind to be set in? So you have to get into formation. 
You have to follow some formula. The formula is in the word of God, formed and fashioned in God's word, uh, alluding to the image of Jesus Christ, meaning that I have to begin to address every facet of my mind and saying, what are my perspectives? What are my outlooks? What are my worldviews? And then when you begin to find the foundation about which you are fumbling through mentally, then you can address them things spiritually and then begin to renew your mind through repentance that is birthed from the imputed rights of Jesus, which then inspires you to come before God boldly, rightly, because of what Christ did, which then begins to open up a fellowship with you and the, the Holy Spirit to the Father that will begin to renew you because you know who loves you, Right. Mental health to a degree boils down to what you love, the thing didn't love you back, the thing left you or the thing affected you or the thing disappointed you, and you have a false sense of ideology or idea when it comes to God, and it's keeping you from being who you need to be. Basic advice I got on that. I hope that helped. PTL says, hey, coach, great answer the other day. It was spot on. God gets the glory, fam. I'm glad it was a blessing to you, my brother. Thank you uh, for trusting me with your question. Joanne McCoy says, <clears throat> I'm reviewing the mindset section right now. Georgia from Long Beach. Fact. So thank you, Joanne. Please, what do you think about it? What are you getting from the mindset section of the book right now? And the book that she's talking about is my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. I talk about mental settings in that book as well. So for that individual that asked me the question about mindset inside of Facts Over Feelings is a whole chapter on mindset to help you process your mental settings. I'm also got a book idea I may be working on this year or next year or so that talks about the mind because I really do believe God wants me to tackle that issue to help you all. So Joanne, I would love to hear what you've been getting from the book so far. Thank you for your support. PTL says, do you feel like there's always something we can wait for? We always say, I can't wait for this or be happy until I overcome this. Will there always be something to overcome and achieve? Yeah. Until we're glorified in our body, there's always something that needs to be sanctified. There's three levels of salvation, three points of salvation. There's justification, meaning we justify before the Father because of the sacrifice of the Son and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in the individual when they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior through repentance, right? And the goodness of God that drew them to that place, right? Then there's sanctification. There's after the imputed righteousness of Jesus has been placed on us and we have been justified before the Father. Now the righteousness of Jesus begins to inspire righteous living. Now, now I want to be more like him. Therefore, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, right? So that I can be a more right, a more righteous husband, a more righteous father, a more righteous father figure, role model, a more righteous employee. See what I'm saying? Employer. I become more righteous because of what has been imputed on me, which births inspiration and revelation so that I can be able to be who I need to be, right? So as we go through sanctification phases, always something about ourselves that needs to be more sanctified, that needs to be more righteous, right? So there's going to always be a, a some level of, 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 of overcoming and achieving because we live in a fallen world. There's going to be, there, no matter where you are, there are various trials. That's why the Bible says when you meet them, count them all joy. For you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Each and every one of us can use a little bit more patience with a particular person at a particular uh, uh, place of establishment or whatever it is. So no matter what in his life, I can always find room to be more patient as a husband, find more room to be more patient as a teacher, etc. So there'll always be a facet of us as us as we begin to be more revealed to us that we can uh, in a robust way overcome. 
So I think that I hope that answers your question, fam. Angie 100 says, hello, greetings, Minister Angela. Uh, uh, heard here listening. Thank you so much, Minister. Thank you so much, Miss Angela, for listening. We're glad to have you. Lizzie Lewis says, hey, Coach Ezzy, question. How do you have motivation and encouragement to keep living, keep going through? Life getting very difficult being a single mom in a pandemic. War is going on around us too much. Uh, oh, that's same. Okay, different. Hey, Coach Ezzy, question. How do you have motivation and encouragement to keep living? to keep going through life getting very difficult being a single mom in a pandemic wars going on around us too much. Well, you have to understand or uh, position your mind to have the right perspective that nothing is catching God off guard. So far, these uh, both years of the pandemic have been great years for me. Nothing affected my family. You see what I'm saying? Uh, he preserves his saints, right? And so you have to begin to understand that God is your keeper. He will keep you in his perfect peace. If your heart and mind is stayed on him, right, that 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 my mom, she produced me out of a single parent home. That, listen, a single home, a single parent home is no less than a full parent home. The best home is the home where God is allowed to reign. So no matter what is going on, wars and rumors of wars, the word of God has already told us about that. And we, our hope is not in the, uh, the, the ebbs and flows of life. Our hope is in eternal life with God. And I think for me, if I can encourage you, is that I still I'm still on assignment. I'm an ambassador. See, I'm an ambassador means I have divine protection, divine provision from the divine. So as long as I'm in the will of God, as long as I'm in assignment, I will be preserved. As long as I walk in obedience, I'll be preserved. As long as I'm in the will of God, I'll be preserved. It doesn't matter what pandemic goes on, no matter what's going on, as far as you as being a single mom or rumors of wars and wars, whatever, it ain't got nothing to do with you. God can still preserve you. God can still keep you. God is, is still blessing people in the midst of this. The best way to find uh, or to understand the gist of this is to be in the midst of his word, the midst of his will for you. Right. So the goal now is don't uh, is probably turn your television off, turn your television off, open up your Bible, cut the TV off and open up the Bible, cut the phone off, open up the Bible and start spending time with God to build your faith up so that you can be like the five wise virgins who had enough oil in their lamp. The five unwise spent their oil, spent their oil on CNN, spent their oil on Fox News, spent their oil worrying, spent, spent their oil. They never conserved or reserved their oil. Therefore, when it was time to really move, they didn't have enough oil in their lamp. So be encouraged that God is still a good God, that nothing catches God off guard and God is still blessing and sustaining his people. Leo 27 says, how to discern what is for you and what is not. Grew up in a traditional church and been trained since young, but internally feel there is more and question the church. Well, it, uh, there's nothing wrong with questioning something when you know the answer. Like, because I know the answer from God, I can question things to see if it lines up with the answer. Oftentimes people walk away from the Christ because they've been abused by the church. And some people ain't even been abused by the church. They're just dealing with people and the church maybe corrected them and they didn't like how that happened, right? So there's two sides of that coin. But when it comes to churches, you cannot allow that, you, the church, the, the issue with a lot of people is that they have been so church hurt 
that their church was their Christ, but the Christ wasn't even in that church. So what I mean by that, when a person idolizes church or church becomes the uh, or church has been used, quote unquote, as the as the as the uh, source for spiritual development, source for healing and not a resource, then that person will find themselves sourced out. You have to understand a church is the, a church. The church is a resource. First, the church is a is a people. Right. But the facilities that houses people as they come together to fellowship and worship, those are just resources. The best meals are not the meals cooked by a preacher. Churches are like buffets, churches like restaurants, but the best meals are cooked at home. You got to know the word for yourself to make sure that you're being fed organically and originally from God himself speaking through a man or woman of God. So the best way to discern is, is to turn the pages in God's word and to better understand who you are, who he is. And begin to gather more intel about what he wants you to do, right? And I always give this, I would quickly tell you this. This is how you can test the thing. First T, you test his temperament. Is, is it is it is his temperament peaceful? Is his temperament joy? Is his temperament loving? Are the people in that church, the pastor, the, the leaders, are they loving, peaceful, or are they manipulative, right? Also, you got to test the end result. It, since you've been in that church, how, how much have you grown? Right. Then you got to test the scriptural supports. Is this church scripturally sound? And last but not least, is this the right time for you to be in a church or is God moving you somewhere else? Those are four things just strictly at the church because that's what you was asking about. But when it comes to anything, test this temperament to see if it matches the temperament of God. Examine the end result that if you invest and engage in this, what would be the end result of it? And then it begin to process the scriptural supports. Does this script, does this church or person line up with scripture? And then ask if this is the right timing for it. But my book right here, my friend, will help you. This book I wrote two years ago called Counterfeit or Counterpart. Man, this book is powerful. How to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life, not just relationships, but also opportunities, counsel, and even churches as well. Hope that book is a resource to you. Two more and I got to go. Jessica J says, hey, coach, Hebrew 66 says that if we, Hebrew 6, 6, it says that if we fall away, no more sacrifice, uh, no more sacrifice to I'm scared of falling away. I think about my faith and decided I had uh, had none. And for five minutes, decided not to believe anything. Then I decided it was a lie. Decided and I de then decided it was a lie and decided to believe. Did I renounce God in the moment, but saying nothing exists? Nah, God, listen, man. You have to understand. Um, there's been moments in my relationship with my wife that I was like, man, she get on my nerves. And I'm sure she said the same thing about me, but that didn't change the, our commitment. There's been moments where you're going to always be like, man, I don't like this or why this happened. But it don't mean you change your commitment. God is so omnipresent. I mean, omniscient with his loving that he chose you with your frustrations in mind. He already knew you was going to question him. He already knew that I was going to question him at 26 years old, 25 years old. He already knew that, but he still chose me. So, and he still chose me. And so don't get so caught up in your feelings that you forget that your faith has nothing to do with you, that the goodness of God is what drew you to repentance. There's going to be moments where you're going to question your faith and be shaken by your faith, but God is faithful. So don't, don't beat yourself up and say, hey, man, me and God not cool, man. God ain't fickle like that. God is, is married to the backslider. He is committed to you. He, 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 he's going to pursue you if you allow to be pursued. So I hope that encouraged you.
T. Sasa, I like how you rhyme with the theology advice you give. God gets the glory, man. Maybe I was a, maybe I should have been, maybe one of the things God may lead me down the road is to be a rapper. I was going to blame my former life, but I ain't had no former life. But what I'm saying is that, man, God gets the glory. And that's my unique way that the Holy Spirit utilizes me to help people really process what it is that I'm sharing. And one thing my students always say is that whatever the things I say stick with them longer because it rhymes. <clears throat> B. Ramirez says, hey, coach, do you have any prayers for anxiety? I trust the Lord right now. My body is going through something. I give this battle to God. Sometimes I have nightmares. Well, two things. We'll deal with the body first. First, you got to begin to examine your body and say, am I eating right? Am I resting Am, am I am I am I at peace or am I stressed? Right, anxiety sometimes is birthed out of the food we eat because they're 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 messed with the chemicals in our food that kind of bothers us uh, physically, biologically, down to our cellular cellular levels. I'm um, also uh, just having too much on our plate, uh, uh, metaphorically and uh, uh, physically. Maybe we're eating too much or maybe we're uh, overthinking, right? And so you got to then examine what it, where is your hope? Is your hope in God? And anytime the enemy sees there is anxiety in life, now we transition from bodily to spiritually, they're going to they're gonna take that take advantage of it. Now, when it comes to nightmares, you got to say, OK, uh, what are the cares that I'm carrying into my night? The cares that I carry into my night can lead to nightmares because I'm carrying things subconsciously, flooding into my conscious state and then eventually to my dreams. Now, you also got to process, is there anything in your in your house? that demons have legal right to. Is there anything in your house right now that you feel is, is of the occult, that is, uh, that is demonic <coughs> and has an agenda demonically? Ask the Holy Spirit tonight to reveal to you every single thing in your home that is not of God, that is tainted by demonic spirits, utilizing to you being utilized to attack you. There was a, a people in my, every time in my Bible said, no matter what gift was given to me, there was a, there was a few gifts that was given to me that I threw it away because the spirit of it wasn't right. You know, there's witches and stuff like that. People are hand you pens. People are hand you stuff like that. And that stuff got some got some uh, stuff on it. And so there was a, a one young lady who kept giving me pens, kept giving me pens. And I was like, why she keep giving me pens? It didn't make sense. And I just kept throwing those pens away. And every now and then I just the Holy Spirit would say, hey, man, you got to do some self deliverance. You got to clean the house out because demons are going to try to target you. But greater is he that's in you than, who, than he or she or anything that you face in the world. So what you have to do as far as prayers over anxiety is that you got to go to Philippians 4 and begin to find, well, that's what I would do. I would go to Google and type in, let me see if I can get the scriptures on a, a, uh, scriptures on anxiety, right? Let me see if this works. Scriptures on anxiety. Okay. Uh, let me see. Make that smaller. Scriptures on anxiety. So I go to openbible.info. What does the Bible say about anxiety? It says, do not be anxious. That's a command. So what I will pray is I will not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer supplication, I will with thanksgiving, let my request be made known to God. And then you just kind of separate the scriptures and make those things right. So I turn scriptures into prayers. First Peter 5, 7, I will, I cast my anxieties on you, God, because I know you care for me. You got to speak to yourself. Uh, John 14, 27, Lord, you said peace, your peace you will leave with me and your peace you will give to me. Now that's the world gets. So you turn these scriptures into prayers, right? Um, you can do worry as well. 
and 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 that's what you do. See, I turn my scriptures into my prayers because God honors his word. Natalie says, I hope they help B. Please, I hope they help. Keep me updated. Natalie says, aren't we in the end times? The wars are starting. Yeah, I mean, but they uh, uh, people can say the same thing about World War II, same thing about World War One. People can say the same thing about um, the Cold World, Cold War. People can say about the plagues of the bubonic plagues. The end times have, have been the end times uh, pretty much since Jesus ascended, right? We, the end times were, the, were beginning, right? And so to encourage you, is to strengthen yourself in end times. Don't get me wrong. These are some times that are different than other times, but at the same time, there could still be a hundred years left on the clock, right? We don't know, just like the pandemic is over in two years. Now everybody lifted mask mandates. Things was over in two years. We thought we was done. We thought that was it. You know what I'm saying? And now there's wars coming on. We don't know what's going to happen in two weeks, but we cannot be distracted by the effects of the end times. We got to still project heaven's time on earth. And we continue to be lights and epistles for God so that God can get the glory from us. So, yes, it, uh, your, your heart is going to be troubled. But the Bible says, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be dismayed. Right. That that you still have an assignment for God to be a light and a source of strength for those who may find themselves weak. Joanne McCoy says, well, I'm acting, logging the various lodging, logging the various types such as. Oh, Joanne's talking about the book. Well, I'm a- actually logging. The various types such as unforgiving, victimized, fearful, etc. These labels and definitions allows me to realize the players in the world I'm working through. Thanks, Josh. You're so welcome. And the book that she's talking about for those who just joining, because we had a lot of people join not too long ago, uh, Facts Over Feelings. Joanne is working through the book. It's a great resource. I left the book on my desk at my job. Let me see if I got it. Yeah, it's at my job. But great book here, man. Great resource. Get it. Get it for friends. Get it for family. Because the more we get over our feelings, the quicker we can get back to fulfilling our purpose and fulfilling our roles in life. One thing about this book I talk about for husbands, wives, parents, etc., employees, that we can't be so stuck in feelings that we can't fulfill the roles that God wants us to fill. So thank you, Joanne, for your support. And my wife is in the building. Thanks, babe. Ashley says, hey, coach. How do I stop being so sensitive? I better hurry up. I got two minutes. Maybe that's what that amen is for. She's like, hey, man, <laughs> it's time to come on to bed. Amen. Hey, coach, how do I stop being too sensitive? I often get offended by harsh tones or bluntness, and I think it holds me back. Great question, Ashley. Well, you're not as good as they say you are. You're not as bad as they say you are. You have to think of yourself soberly. You have to not think of yourself more highly nor too lowly. You ought to think, you have to think of yourself soberly. Now, what I mean by that? You have to ask yourself, sensitivity boils down from an insecurity. Sensitivity boils down from insecurities, right? And all of us have insecurities. They rise up at the most random of times. You don't really know how secure you are until you're triggered. I talked to my students today about, we've been talking about uh, what it means to be bold for God and how uh, uh, that there could become a day where their life may be threatened for the faith right now, right? And I told them, we were talking about Nicodemus and how there's a big difference between the character of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was, even though he was a coward by coming to Jesus at night, but at least he was courageous later on in John when he began to speak up for Christ. And we talked about the spectrum of coward cowardness and courageousness, right? And we don't know if you're really courageous about God until you're tested, right? And so when it comes to sensitivity, we don't really know what we're really insecure about until we are triggered, right? So what I do is anytime I find myself sensitive, I take intel. Why did that make me sensitive? 
So if someone critiques something of mine that I've done or work that I've done or someone critiques something, whatever, whatever, if I'm sensitive, right? If I find myself sensitive, I always question. Anytime I find myself out of character or doing something not in the way that I should, I immediately within, within the next 30 minutes, I'm going to find some time to assess why was I like that? So when it comes to being sensitive, there's an insecurity. So write down a sheet of paper, the areas that you have been triggered on that made you sensitive. Then I want you to ask yourself the question, why did that make me sensitive? Or why was I sensitive about that? Uh, thirdly, I want you to ask, have I made this my identity? Because whatever you identify yourself with will determine your sensitivity, right? Wherever your confidence is will determine to a level, to a degree, your insecurities. So when it comes to harsh tones, I realize that, hey, man, some people just speak differently. And if someone is harsh or blunt towards me, that's on them. The thing is, I'm going to let my kindness heap coals of fire in the head. I'm not going to allow their harshness or their bluntness to, uh, to blow out my joy. So if it's holding you back, you got to assess it and ask yourself, why am I allowing it? So you stop being sensitive by not realizing that God is your source. God is your source for everything. You stop being sensitive by realizing, okay, what are my triggers? What's triggering me on being sensitive? What keeps me from being sensitive is to carry on into being obedient. No matter what happens, what they say, I keep carrying on to being obedient. And number, and last but not least, P, I keep my peace. I spell stop. How to stop being sensitive? Man, what was S? How to stop being sensitive? You got to realize God is your source, not them. Not whatever you're sensitive about. God is your source. God saved you. T, uh, what I say with T? How to stop being sensitive? Um, y'all heard what he said. You heard what I said. Love y'all. Co Coach Ty. <laughs> you know what I meant. So I hope that helped, family. Uh, let's see what we got. Thank you, B, for your super, super chat, man. You guys and gals are very generous towards me. You guys help me do so much. You help me create books. You help me create resources and tools for my students. You help me in a lot of ways, man. So I appreciate your generosity in advance. You guys give, and your giving does not go in uh, vain. It is It supports a great work, and I appreciate your generosity, whether it's in sharing a video, commenting, whether it's giving, whether it's T-shirts, books, card games, whatever it is, man. I appreciate you guys' support. Well, I'm at the 30-minute mark. I got to go, y'all. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, oh, man. When I, the youth. You know, youth have a special place in my heart. So please forgive me, everyone else, man. Uh, oh, see, Sharika Grant says, the best way to discern is to turn the pages of God's word. This is authentic. That's real. That's what we got to do. Get in God's word. But y'all know I, I got a special place for the youth, man. <clears throat> so Isaiah says, coach, I serve God and I'm 17. And recently around a lot of people who are jealous of me. So it's hard even doing activities with anyone my age. Any tips or advice? Well, the closer you get to God, the lonelier, the lonelier it gets. And what I mean by that is people, people are not as committed to God as you think. So when you are serving God, you're going to end up serving God alone in times until God surrounds you with a group of people that have the same common goals and objectives. And so when they get jealous, they're not necessarily jealous. Yeah, they are jealous. They're jealous of you because your life is being blessed through favor while they have to go through sweat. You get it by favor. They have to get it by fervor, right? So you, their fervency is what gets them their currency, but it's your favor that blesses you.
So people get jealous because they don't, they want what you get from your commitment to God. They want to receive easily what you get from your faithfulness with God, but they forget there's levels to this. You know how many people jealous of me, man? I can care less because I'm serving the best. And I'm not going to let nobody else's stress in the form of jealousy affect my arrest. If you're jealous of me, man, I understand it. Listen, I tell people all the time, if I wasn't me, I probably wouldn't like me either because God's favor is on my life. And it ain't fair. People are not going to like those who are favored by God. Look at Joseph. Look at Daniel. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at all of them. Jesus favored by the father. Like they don't, people ain't gonna like those who are favored because they get it so easily. They get it, they get it so uh 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 and packaged oftentimes in the form of favor. He says, so it's hard even doing activities with anyone my age. And listen, you're probably just an old soul, my friend. Man, when I was your age, man, not too many people was rocking what I was rocking on, man. And even now, man, I don't have that many friends, and that's perfectly fine. Because my best friend is God. And I have a great friend, a best friend, uh, and my wife. And I'm a best friend to me. That's all I need. So at 17, you might not have a wife right now, but it's time to befriend God and befriend yourself and realize God can do more with one than he can do with many. He can do one with one committed and faithful one he can through partially committed people. So I hope to help. Love you guys and gals. I got to go. Hope y'all was blessed by this. Um. Uh. I hear you. It ain't over. I understand it. But the thing about this thing is because of God and me, we overcome anything. So it's over for me because we overcome. It's over for us as believers because we overcome. Just want to encourage you on that. Uh, Love you guys. I better go. So make sure I check out some books, man. My latest book, Facts Over Feelings. How to go from feeling to fulfilling. Great book available now on Amazon. I'll check out the wholeness journal, how to process your wholeness. If you need one-on-one coaching, let me know. If you need help with your relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, discovering it, et cetera, and branding, let me know. I'd love to help you. Uh, card games, more books, books on singleness. Uh, if you want to uh, find the purpose of your singleness and maximize it, great book there. If you want to learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever, great book there. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this is a great resource here, The Purpose of Freedom. If you want to learn how to properly discern the will of God and to understand the di- or to be able to discern the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart when it's presented to you, this book right here is a great resource, great book for young kids to understand their purpose. Here's my wife and I's cartoon characters. And if you want to learn more about the spir- uh, 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 spiritual warfare and um, how to put on the whole armor of God. This book right here is available as well. We also got t-shirts on our site. All that good stuff is available now on our website, Iamunplugged.com. And thank you guys and gals in advance for your generosity. We appreciate your support. We have a lot of work to do this summer, and your support helps us do that. And we have a lot of things we got to get do to do um, during the rest of the school year. We got a lot of great students that want to get great things done. And we'll appreciate your support in advance. We love you all. Y'all be blessed. We'll see y'all again very soon.